Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries, and with me as always is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Praise the Lord. Amen to that. And also with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro? Praising God for his word, his blessings. He's been good to me. Amen Praise to that. God. Amen. Well, How about pra- you, bro? Praise How the Lord. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. You know, we've good been uh, ah. more and more busy here at Good Fight Ministries. Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy you know, it's been really nice. You know, we've been, you know, uh, doing a lot of interviews lately as well, you know, adding into just the repertoire of what we're doing here at Good Fight Ministries. And we have a new documentary coming out and on the 24th of March, which we're really, really excited about, which is a little different layer of yeah. Good Fight and what we've been doing. But it's going to be a great documentary. We're excited for you guys to check it out. March 24th, be there at the premiere on the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel, March 24th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to hear the true story, the untold story that many people do not know about Steve McQueen, who many call, in fact, if you Google it, it will say the king of cool is Steve McQueen, uh, his conversion. But we know that is, is praise God for his conversion. But we know that. Real King of Cool, the ultimate cool is Jesus. Because he's he the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He made everything. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Steve we have, knows that now, too. We have a good, good God. Yes, he certainly does. Uh, you know, he certainly does know that, and he got to know it before, which is always important to know before it's too late, because the Bible does say in Philippians chapter 2 that every na- name will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord. And if you don't know Jesus as the King of Kings, it's not very cool. That's that's right. So we are we are excited for that documentary, the Marvel documentary, the Islam documentary. So we want to thank you guys so much, and and we have all this stuff coming out because of your support. Uh, That's why we're able to do all this. And this is moving to video, by the way. Uh, The Good Fight Radio Show is moving to video. So hopefully you guys be really really excited about that. In fact, you guys are getting a sneak preview of our first video. Uh, on our YouTube channel, you can check it out on an episode we did on Ravi Zacharias as well. So excited, excited to be able to talk about these things. And this is going to be great, you know, to be able to uh, discuss something. We actually started it on a previous episode. So if you didn't listen to that, please go back and listen to our episode regarding if someone, how about this, if Joe, Pastor Joe, teaches that if somebody falls away, they were never saved. So go check that out. You can get the answer there because we're going to deal with some different topics today. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about of a critic, and we're answering the critics here today, uh, people that have come on our page and, and said things. And one of the things is we typically don't want to just bash someone or, or throw their name out there and say, hey, this person, look at how, how terrible the things that they say. So we're, we're going to be anonymous here with some of the things that were said, and then we're simply going to answer them. And the Bible is clear. In Proverbs chapter 18, it says, when someone brings something up, when someone brings an accusation, they seem right until someone comes against them. And so we're going to come against it and answer the accusations that were made. So the first thing that was seen, and it's it actually makes a lot of sense to talk about it here, is a video was was show, was shared on our page. Someone said, boom, and it called you, Joe, a Gnostic. 
Actually, what it said was that <laughs> you claim that the gospel of Mary Magdalene is actually part of the gospel. <laughs> now, oh, that, I shouldn't laugh, but I laugh. I'm laughing at just the absurdity of it. You know, not the person. Uh, wow. <laughs> I think we've done, again, you know, just because God's called us to do a lot of different things, but we've exposed Gnosticism more than just about, you know, more than I'd say all but maybe. More than most. Let's more than most. We'll just say that. I mean, Hollywood's yeah. war on God. Yep. We exposed Gnosticism. I've exposed Gnosticism for years and years and years. We have uh, a video right on our Good Fight channel called Gnosticism. To just explain it's like 10 minutes long. And that it's yeah. demonic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's right. Uh, when the Noah movie came out, uh, we have mm -hmm. the Noah movie and it's got, I don't know, half a million hits or uh, watches or so. Yeah. And we did another one. I uh, did a follow up on that when I tied it into Gnosticism. Uh, we exposed Gnosticism over and over again. In fact, I point out that Calvinism has elements of Gnosticism within it and it's neo Gnostic in a way, you know, and that would be the idea of, of you know, just you're incapable of coming to Christ unless we're regenerated. Uh, has its roots in Gnostic teachings of of the absolute corruption of the nature, uh, and then people are saved in such a way that they can't be lost. You know, Origen talked about it, the Gnostics believe that, and and so forth. So uh, I mean, a lot of things. But I've been exposing that for years. So the Gnostics believed, and just really quickly, since we're talking about this, <laughs> and I'll let you get into what. You, no, you can't how help you yourself. Respond. I understand. That I makes you, a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I wanted you, to, you, you respond in what you wrote to him regarding the manuscripts yeah. and how he's misunderstanding something, because I want you to. Don't want to steal your thunder there, because that's a you know, to to say because the reason he tied that together is quite quite interesting, and he just you know a monumental miss. He misunderstood something, but I'll just say this is that uh, the Gnostics taught that there was this ultimate depth or this entity, spiritual entity that just created everything that's spiritual, not physical, and that and it's it's too long. The cosmology is just too deep, but I'll just say this: one of the entities that he created was named Sophia. And she got angry, and, out of, and and she wanted to create a world, and she created a physical world. Uh, well, I'm sorry, she didn't create a physical world. She created a physical being uh, called the Demiurge, uh, which is Yahweh, they say. So basically, Sophia creates Yahweh, who's the one true God, but in their cosmology, he's just an inferior created being. And then he creates the physical universe, and then she feels bad because humans are trapped in these physical bodies, and she channels a serpent, according to the Valentinians, and... There's different versions of the Gnostic mythic, you know, cosmologies, but she's basically playing the role of Satan to set them free. And Sophia becomes Satan becomes Sophia is what happens there, and uh, she sets them free and so forth. And and the Gnostics were, you know, twisted because Jesus becomes one of these. Depends again on the Gnostic group you're talking about. But he becomes either an eon or he becomes a regular man who is possessed by the eon. Uh, he, uh, there's just a bunch of different. You know, he goes to the cross, but he doesn't die for our sins. Or Simon goes to the cross instead of Jesus, and Jesus climbs a tree and laughs at him. There's, it's all over the place. And Irenaeus, though, uh, the church father in the second century, uh, in, against all heresies, comes against Gnosticism and shows it to be this chief threat of the early church, period. And Irenaeus actually goes through different things that they had to say because you were saved not through the blood of Jesus Christ and putting your faith in him, which is what we teach as Christians, but you were saved through Gnosis or Gnosko, as how in, you know they... Uh, supposedly pronounced it, and gnosis, uh, I'm sorry to say gnosis, uh, which we anglicize as gnosis. We use the word gnosis to uh, talk, you know, describe Prognosis. that word. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, Irenaeus talks about different incantations or different rites or words they would use. For instance, uh, elaborately, they'd call upon Sophia 
to be able to, after, upon death, to after they die, to actually go to the next realm. And, and he talks about, gives the different things that they would have to say to go to different levels because you were saved through knowledge. Just like the serpent, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they had to know to become God and so forth. Well, we repudiate those teachings and we have so strongly. <laughs> um, just listen to our messages. I mean, we've exposed it because neo-Gnosticism, and by the way, Calvinism isn't neo-Gnosticism. It's not like, here's Gnosticism, now Calvinism is neo-Gnosticism. But guess what? A lot of the New Age movement is. But we don't even say the New Age movement is neo-Gnostic in the sense that in its totality. Because a lot of New Agers worship the matter, creation, where the Gnostics said, no, it was created by Yahweh. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. we see neo-Gnosticism in the New Age, just like we see some neo-Gnostic teachings within Calvinism, because they went from the, uh, the, the, the heretics that the Church Fathers opposed to Augustine, who was a Gnostic for nine or ten years, who basically Calvin got his teachings from Augustine, and you don't see those types of teachings in the Church Fathers on and on and on we can go. So, yeah, we are definitely Gnostics. Uh, we oppose Gnosticism. But why don't you get into how he came to this misunderstanding? Yes, and, and you know, I that's what I hoped for was that it was a misunderstanding. But this is the danger of having a YouTube channel, making a bunch of videos very quickly, by the way, without doing due diligence. And there was already something that had happened uh, a little over a week ago. I was in Mexico, and I'll usually try to review things if somebody asks me to. I try. I don't get to everything, but I do try. And so I told him I would review a video. In that video, he said that you made the claim over and over again. He keeps repeating the fact that you made the claim that the King James Bible is new age, as if it's a new age, like esoteric. Uh, no. you know, so, so <laughs> Another misunderstanding. But, but, yeah. but that came from not understanding what was explained, which you didn't even write. Uh, I don't even think Tony wrote it. I think yes. the original writer... Uh, who put the description of the series you did on King James Onlyism. Yeah. And it said, basically, along the lines of, you know, is it the best New Age translation or some, something to that yeah, degree? Yeah, I, I didn't say that in that message. I don't even use that terminology. Of, no, no, I hate of course that not. term. And it's know. for sale on our, on our Good Fight site. You can check it out. If you, and if, you were, if you're King James Onlyist, we'd love you to check that, check that out. What, but, it was, but whoever yeah. wrote the title was contrasting it with the so-called old age, you know, Yeah, and, and all that, Tony's the, getting to you know. the description, so you can say what it says real quick, Tony. Yeah, it says, uh, th this discusses uh, the controversial question, is the King James Version the ultimate New Age Bible? Yeah. That's, I, I think, what he's referring that's to. That's what he was referring to, and he kept going to that image, and so he yeah, already... Yeah, I, I never used that terminology. Had, I, didn't, I don't write those titles yeah, or those descriptions. Uh, yeah, so. but he, either way... Just, Maybe we He, he misunderstood it, it and then kind of took that Clarify for... It took that for a ride and i i tried to express in this this video that you have you know basically debunking uh does no debunking whatsoever because even that you're going off the description of a title of a teaching without actually listening to the teaching yeah and actually addressing it but then asking us please to listen to this teaching and go read chick chick publications uh on this subject and i'm trying to think what the person that wrote the title might even meant meant you know uh, now we do play when the king james talks about all the new translations are new age versions this is what I'm thinking because That's you would what explain they claim it better. about the like, new versions, yeah. right? Right. So you were saying that you thought they were contrasting who wrote the, wrote the title there, the newer Bibles, and yeah. King James being relatively new compared to the, you know, uh, Jerome and whatever the old, yeah. you know, Wycliffe and so forth, you know. Uh, but what I'm thinking now is I actually used a little tongue-in-cheek talk because I point out that uh, how guess what, you know, that you know, I don't know what translation I was even looking. I'm probably sure the NASV, NIV 
maybe ESV translations that they say every version outside the King James is part of a New Age conspiracy. Oh, and, 1611, and I, and this I, was new. Right, yeah, so what I probably, I think <laughs> what, I, what I know I did for a little that, bit, yeah. I showed how, you know, you can say, wow, since the, new, the King James came out in 1666, and I said, so I drew a bunch of correlations. You could say that this is an occult-type Bible, you know? And I said, obviously, you wouldn't draw those conclusions based on those kinds of things, you know, King James's mm-hmm. past and so forth, and, and that they talk about satyr and unicorns and different words to try to describe animals. They have their clueless is what they are. We still are with certain Hebrew words. So what I went into in that, and, and probably in that teaching, was, hey, you could actually do that to the King James, but it wouldn't be fair to make the point that you can't just, like Gary Ripplinger, I think I had one... Mm-hmm message that i did get the title of the message that's not a title of the message that's a description right but i think yeah. i had it as gail ripplinger's believe it or not yeah <laughs> because she makes these outlandish claims you know westcott was a sorcerer and so forth yeah. da, da, da. people have written that to us yeah and then but then she has a footnote well this is probably a different westcott because this guy died here and this and he died here and i'm like yeah, you just misled your people. Unless they go to the footnote, they don't know that you're actually recanting what you pretty much said over there. That's the worst kind of uh, bearing false witness. Anyway, I'm just trying to, I did that message probably 20 years ago. I'm trying to remember what I, I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, but nonetheless, it, it, it's, but that that was only a, a minuscule thing. And, and the video that he said was basically, he made a video telling other people to watch another video. And I'm like, oh man, that was 30 minutes, you right. know, of Another just getting that to that, made. that he had made, right. gotcha. you know, concerning uh, King James onlyism. And then uh, the latest video, like I said, this video that says Joe Schimmel says the gospel. So he's Mary, basically upset because he's King James only, so he's trying to find something. That's what it sounds like. I think you've And we kinda... don't completely throw away the King James version of the Bible. No, We've never we love it. No, yeah, and so they, the and times they, I quote verses, it's King right. James. I got and most of my and over and over again, there. people say, how much you love the NIV. I'm like, well, Joe is from the pulpit, called it the nearly inspired version multiple times. But you've also brought out <laughs> that it's a dynamic translation. Yeah. That there are times in the NIV where it actually translates better, yeah. better than the King James. I can show you where Jesus is more firmly described as uh, and affirmed as God in the NIV. Than he is in the King James version yeah. by far and away because in we have fact, early a lot of Greek scholars would admit that, that. Yeah, we have early yeah. manuscripts. That. So, but you know, there's places where I don't like the NIV brethren. Then if you f- turn away from the faith and one converts him back, he'll save his soul from death. The Greek says, yeah. and the NASB Suke, yeah. brings that out. Suke is the Greek right? Uh, King James brings out there. The NIV doesn't. So I'm just honest. When there's not yeah. a good translation that could lead somebody to a false understanding, I'll point it out in whatever translation. Uh, you know what? I agree with the King James translators who said in their introduction mm-hmm. they didn't try to pick one. In fact, they knew it was a new version, and people were going to ridicule it like they yeah. ridiculed later new versions they had before. And they, they said, "What? The best thing to do is compare translations and see which best fit the Greek." That's what we do. No, I, I think that's really important to, to to bring out. I know we're trying to answering all these critics, and we're not getting to it uh, as fast as we'd like to. But these things are important because people need to understand that because they make these wild accusations, and you're looking at it, and you're like, "Here's the problem." I think if you wanted to, if you wanted to really just hone into the the issue at hand with most of the video, and I know you haven't even watched it. I I, I have with what he said. It's the trading of of truth in order to have certainty. And it's, well, I have my King James Bible, and this is perfectly preserved. 
and so yeah. forth, not recognizing that's not what the scripture that you're quoting that was ri- originally written in Hebrew is trying to right. convey to us. That the King James eventually, in 611, you'll finally have the Word of God. You know, and and you know, Doctor Daniel Wallace joked about men that would come to him and say to him, you know, my King James Bible is good for me because it was good, good enough, enough for, for Paul. Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's an old joke. You're like, come on, guys, let's uh, let, let, let's let's be that's serious good for Paul, about this. Good for me. Let's be serious about this and and understanding and quoting from things like the Didache, which are not scripture, right? Quoting from the epistle of Barnabas, which are not scripture and do not put, we don't, we have an authority. Yeah. We don't need to go to them but as it's an good authority. To be, it's good to see what the earliest church fathers and even before then the apostolic fathers, you know, Clement of Rome and Ignatius and Polycarp, who sat yeah. under the apostles, as well, what yeah. these guys had said, you know, and get a confirmation. And then if they contradict scripture, of course you reject what they say, but you don't look at church history. Yeah, a lot of these guys were martyrs. But you can look at Chick publications, but not church history, right? Uh, it's wrong that you would endorse. Uh, yeah. It's wrong that you would endorse something <laughs> like the the Didache and read from the Didache. And I would show you things I would disagree from in the Didache, but I would also show you some great things. Oh yeah, that that that, that explain some really cool things about baptism and so forth. Yeah. But but nonetheless, I, I digress. Finally, from the King James <laughs> stuff. But this is what happened: is that in your in your teaching, and this is what he quotes from you, and this is how he says you are basically. Confirming the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, which I think I, I think <laughs> I've exposed it. I've never I, I, confirmed yeah, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. We're talking maybe fourth century, fifth century. I think is the copy that we have, but maybe it was written in the fourth century. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you know, and I'm just saying the early attestation of the Gospel of Mary Magdalene is in the fifth century. What you were talking about was how how awesome it is the manuscripts we have. Now we just recently have Craig how Evans close on. Close the art of Jesus' time, and here. and we were talking with him about specifically that how long that those manuscripts would have lasted to the point where the early church fathers actually say you could go and see the gospel of John. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool that they that's were awesome. able to do that and then say, do we have what's, what's correct? Right. right. So the stuff like that, and you were pointing out, and this is something that one of the most monumental discoveries in terms of the manuscripts is P52 was what you had, the, the original thing that you were talking about in the context of the video that he plays. And you're like, this is dated back to all the way to 125. Now, when it comes to the carbon 14 dating, or the uh, paleontography dating that they do, you you get about a 50-year marker. So you're talking yeah. about from about 100 to 150. And so right in the middle, about 125 AD. Yeah. But it could be all the way as early as 100. Yeah. And when we talk about the Gospel of John, which most historians believe probably the last of the, the written Gospels, I think... It's pretty much unanimous. It's very hard to get and anything. He thought unanimous. I was using the Mary Magdalene. Well, I'll get to that because it's on the next part. Because it's amazing, especially if you understand the early church, which is great to quote how how specific they were that there are four gospels. Yeah. There are four gospels. You quote from Irenaeus. I mean, just I, I don't want to get yeah. into it. Yeah. I, I, I'll go down no, that rabbit you, trail. It's a, it's a fun rabbit trail, though. I do actually love studying this, and it's a fun rabbit trail. But the fact is, is that he then heard you say. The and then there's the 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 Magdalene fragment has nothing to do with the Magdalene, Mary Magdalene's <laughs> gospel half a half a millennium later almost <laughs> and go on no and that's exactly what I explained to him because P sixty four which is the Magdalene papyrus is could be even earlier than that we don't yeah. know but it could be even earlier than that and, and real quick because yeah. and, and you're on a roll so I'll let you go but <laughs> one reason they believe that it's also called the Jesus papyri. And one reason they call it, call, we're astonished by it, is because the script in which the Greek text is written is written in the you know mid first century, which would blow away the P you know fifty two. 
Uh, so I, I think it's important to understand that I'm emphasizing a manuscript. It's called that because, Chad, it's guess from, where they found it? It's from Magdalene. Yeah. Magdalene, Magdalene is the name of a place. Mary Magdalene yeah. is called Mary Magdalene because she came from Magdala. You know? yeah. and the Magdalene manuscript has nothing to do with Mary. <laughs> it has to do with a place. But go on, bro. And, and guess, it's way earlier. And, and guess what the gospel of Magdalene, uh, the Magdalene papyrus has. It has Matthew 27. It, yeah. Okay, Something that predates by hundreds and hundreds of years... The Gnostic Gospel That's right. of, of Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene which right. is no gospel at all, obviously. Absolutely not. Uh, no good news at all. So I, I, ex- I just feel bad for the brother. It was, you know, he just misunderstands. That's, that's you what should, I You I should said. make videos, though, when you don't understand what someone's saying. Yeah, because that, that, that's the thing, is that's two big misunderstandings. I feel He feels hurt because we don't believe the King James Version is the only translation. In fact, we believe that argument that people do push that, that's divided a lot of churches, hurt it's a lot of Christians, yeah. broken up families over people saying this is the only translation that God would use. And then when you point out that the English doesn't convey the Greek at times, some of them will say, well, that's God correcting the Greek text because he wanted it to say Easter instead of Pascha for Passover. There's a lot of places where it's mistranslated. It's not translated right. And and some of them are such diehard King James only people that they put the translation over the actual text that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic. Yeah, and, and that's, that's really important. And, you know, I, I wanted to give him this too. Um, because he had differed with us a long time ago on Once Save, Always Save, and then now he actually has videos saying that Once Save, Always Save is false. And he said, hey, I want to repent of that. And then when this came out, I'm like, like, okay, you know, that's that's why I was willing to look at the video, because it's somebody that at least when correction has been brought, he's taken it. He's taken it. And um, I watched the video, and I corrected him. You know, I was a little more stern, because when you write a title like that, I mean, and you have people sharing it onto our feed as if this is true and then backing it up and say, well, he does promote it there. Literally, that's what the guy said. Once I corrected him, as well as the person who wrote it, the person who wrote back to us who had posted on there. And I explained, no, that's for the papyri, the the Magdalene fragment. Once I explained, they still came back with, well, he does promote it. So this is why it's dangerous to put out videos that are inaccurate because then people believe right. it. And you've even taken this down. And this person who posted on our page has not taken that down. He Do still has it there. it down? The other this, guy has taken guy that video okay. down, but I can still see the remnant of it because it's still on the title yeah. because it's a private video. And so it says still, Joe Schimmel says the gospel of Mary Magdalene is part of the gospel right on our That's page. such a lie. Uncorrected. <laughs> So this is the thing that we say, this is dangerous to do stuff like this because you bore false witness. Now, this is yeah, where I will give credit. Dangerous for his soul. Yeah, yeah I will give credit. Have mercy. I, I did call him out. I said, that's now bearing false witness because you've been corrected and you're not taking the video down. He did said, I'll take it down, but you promoted the Didache and the, the, the Shepherd Hermes and so forth. So he had more videos to, to make. Now, you know, in scholarship in every denomination, every, every if, if they if they want to know what church history says about anything, you're not going to ignore uh, the church fathers and the early church writings, we quote them to say, hey, you know what, this is what they believe. Not to say they're scripture. We never uh, put them on par with scripture, above scripture. In fact, they're subjected to scripture just like anything we say today. But Amen. guess what? I'd much rather look at what the early church said in the first few centuries than, you know. Than Beza. Yeah, these are guys that understood. <laughs> A lot of these guys spoke, you know, Koine Greek. You know, some of them were disciples, the apostles, on and on and on we go. So it's it's quite interesting we see what they, they say. And when they have a consensus in the area, a very close approximation with the church fathers, they're typically, I found, very correct. And their doctrine is a lot more pure than what we have as popular doctrine today. Yeah, and I, and I think one of the, you know, attestations of understanding the canon of Scripture as a whole 
is the acceptance of it, not because the church, you know, solo ecclesia, like the Catholics believe, not because the church is the authority on the scripture. And then we have to ask the church, please church, tell us what these books are. But the fact is, is that God's people know his Recognize word. Recognize the authority of his word. The, Sheep hear his voice, yeah. And it's the same thing. In terms of when, when Moses wrote down the words of Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth, it didn't mean that Moses is the one that gave the rule that God created the heavens and the earth. That's what right. he was simply putting down was that which was already created by God. So when God speaks and he gives us his word, his word is that authority. His word was that authority, the first letter that got to Paul before King yeah, James ever existed. The Catholic Church said, hey, this is the Bible. That, that didn't just speak. That all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, that God, I'm glad you guys, that's my word now. No, it was his word for hundreds of years before the Catholic Church ever said that. And the church fathers recognized the apostolic writing. Sometimes they try to canonize something in their own minds that wasn't scripture, but sometimes they... Yeah, it ferreted yeah. out because the Holy yeah. Spirit leads us into all truth, and That's eventually right. the body of believers would would uh, would would uh, ferret that out. I think God would work through the body of believers to ferret that out. So let's get to a couple more. I'm going to try to answer questions real quick now because yeah. I think Tony gave us the five minute. <laughs> yep. yeah, so let's go through these I next ones. I can't believe there's only five minutes left. <laughs> I am so sorry for not moving it faster. So let me read the que- the the person that event that posted that video. And by the way, the, all the videos that were against you have now been taken down. So praise God for that. Oh, good uh, for them. So there was some correction there. That's bigger, that person. That was brought. But somebody said that uh, you border on hyper-religious doctrine that if you sin after being born again, it's because you or it must have been a false conversion. So we don't believe you can sin after you get saved. <laughs> uh, you know, anybody who's listened to me for any time, I mean, it's we're, we're you know, I've probably said this probably 50 times. You know, I don't know how many times. But I mentioned that because uh, I've combated the doctrine of sinless perfectionism. Those who teach that once you're saved, you can Amen. become sinless. That's a heresy. And we all believe that. And First John says, he that says he's without sin is a liar. The truth is not in him. James chapter 3, verse 1, James says we all stumble in many ways. The apostle John bowed before an angel, not once, but twice in the book of Revelation, which is idolatrous. And he was rebuked both times. Um, and, and this is just now, these ones I just brought up are on the top of my head. Just boom, boom, boom. Because I use these examples when people say, you know, or, or think they could be sinless. And I've actually had to deal with that with a few people in love, say no. First uh, John, you know, not only says, we say without sin, we're liars and truth not in us. Yeah, John is very strong against sin. He says, I've written these things to you that you do not sin, First John chapter two. But you can't stop there. He goes on to say right after that, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And by the way, First John chapter three, verses eight through 10 talks about he that practices sin is of yeah. the devil. He that's born of God does not practice sin. So what we warn against is continual rebellion against the Lord, where if you're in continual rebellion to God and are, and you're just constantly, you're worshiping idols, you refuse to repent, you're drunkard, you know, you're cheating on your wife. Well, yeah, guess what the Bible says? The Bible says he that, and it's in the perfect tense, he that's born of God and continues to stand born of God does not practice sin. So we say, yeah, in that sense. So uh, we make that distinction. Now, if this brother thinks that he's okay to practice and he's upset with us, well, then he's got to take that up with the Lord. But so scriptures are really clear that you can fall into sin, uh, but you need to repent and yeah. you can't practice it and use this grace of God as a license. Uh, you need to make sure you get right with the Lord and become cleansed. And the Bible says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sins. We confess our sins, faithful, just forgives our sins, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I'm going kind of quick because I want you to get one or two more questions in. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so what you're saying, according to him, is that God will let you be taken from his hand. Something doesn't add up. Oh, well, he's 
now the whole question, wow, Tony's giving me, and I know he's not giving me the peace sign. He's giving me two <laughs> minutes, you know? Uh, but, uh, so let's just say he's referring to John chapter 10, you know? Yes. He said, my sheep hear my voice, you know, and they follow me. In the Greek, they're present tense active participles, present tense particles. And you could literally translate it, those, they keep hearing or listening to me and they keep following me. Those are the sheep. And those are the ones who will never be taken from his hands. Those are the ones that do not perish and are given eternal life. But Jesus also said in John chapter 15 that you can be in him and then take it out of him like the branches that are in a vine. He's the vine where the branches. And yeah, we you know we can't be taken out of, anybody's, out of his hands or the Father's hands by some external force other than God. But God himself can cut us off and take us out because he says we will be cut off if we do not abide in in Christ. And I believe that's by faith and the works and fruit are just evidences that we're continuing to look to Jesus. He said, if you guys are taking literally the meanings in Revelation saying we can have our names removed and use it for a doctrine, why not say what the Universalist says that the Bible, that Jesus died for the sins of the world and why isn't everyone saved if he did? <laughs> well, those are two very opposite doctrines. We teach the opposite of Universalism. In fact, we don't even believe in Universalism for those who are saved. We believe that they could possibly be lost. But first, uh, Revelation 3, 5 talks about uh, those who uh, overcome. Those are the ones whose names are not written or blotted out of the book of life. Uh, Exodus 32, 33, I believe it is, talks about names being blotted out. Psalm 69, it talks about Judas's name. May his name, uh, it's prophetic of Judas, that Psalm is quoted of Judas being apostate and losing his, uh, basically as an apostle, uh, becoming shipwrecked in his faith. And it talks about, may his name be blotted out of book life, but it says their names, not, it's more than just Judas's. So the scriptures do warn about that. And if we're not to take them literal, I'd hate to be a pastor who tells people, no, you can't be blotted out, go and sin like crazy, stand before God. And those apostates point to me that he said I'd never be blotted out. I'd rather be, God say, you know, being, being grateful that I'm a wise and faithful steward, hopefully preaching his word right off the page. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.